You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. All right, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be taking on a pretty cool topic is really, uh, I can answer and end this episode in about five seconds. It would be how many ways are there to heaven? Well, there's one, uh, and that's Jesus. So, (laughs) um, but obviously for the sake of quality content, I'm not going to end it there, but you could, uh, but also there's a lot of ideas of heaven. What, what is heaven? Uh, who is heaven for? And are we talking about just the Christian heaven? Are we talking about nirvana? Are we talking about, you know, the place where uh, Vikings get to go after they die, supposedly Valhalla, you know, <laughs> all that Norse mythology. And and I'm not going to get into all of that today, but I'm, I'm going to get uh, into more of an approach of the, the Christian view of heaven today and, and what that is and understanding our access to it. So we have a little bit better perspective because I I honestly, having grown up in a church my whole life, I always kind of just assumed that, you know, heaven was going to be this location I go and essentially uh, retire after my entire hard life of believing in Jesus. (laughs) And I just get to live in heaven forever. So, and uh, also it's a extremely long worship service that that, that's, that was the fear that I had. So uh, good news is it's, it's not so, uh, but you know, the, the typical story, the narrative that people would utilize when they're, or especially youth pastors, like me of how many ways are there to heaven? Well, I mean, imagine I'm having a house party, right? And I send a formal invite to my party to everybody. And there could be everything you could ever want. Like everyone that shows up at this party, they get their own choice of my Bugattis and Lamborghinis. And they, you know, it just, just creates ridiculous, awesome house party, right? You know, super elaborate. See you then, right? That's all the, that's all it says. There's no date. There's no time. There's no location just a description of the event and uh, that's going to take place. So how would you get there? How would you arrive? You know, there's a lot of roads. I forget when I was younger, someone once told me there's, you know, a dozen ways to get anywhere at least, you know, and that was a big, wow, what a revelation when I was 16 years old and just figuring out how to drive. and, And I thought there's only one way for me to get to my best friend's house and back to my house. I mean, Maybe I could turn left on one block. But when I suddenly thought that, I was like, oh my goodness, I could turn left at this block and then take another left. Now, is it the most direct route? No, but did it get me there? Maybe. Are there wrong ways? Absolutely. But when I was thinking through, my goodness, there are more than one way. (laughs) I was just a simple kid from Ballard, okay? But there we go. How would you arrive to this house party if there was no date, no time, Uh, no location, just the event. You probably want to search out more information or try and track back to the source of whoever sent the invite in the first place. So the invite to heaven, the abode of Yahweh and the angels, okay? What really is heaven is is the question. Is it real? Okay. What's the purpose of heaven? Uh, 
does it have a purpose in my life now or in does it just have a purpose in the life that I have to come? Uh, what does the Bible say about heaven? And those are the three main points I'm, I'm going to address today in this episode. And honestly, taking a quick peek at the first part of what is heaven? Is it real? Well, according to the Bible, heaven is the abode of Yahweh, the, the dwelling place of God and angels. All these beings are spirit in nature. As we find out, it says in Deuteronomy 26, 15, look down from your holy habitation from heaven, right? The dwelling place of the inhabitants that are spirit in nature. And it's opposite of the earth where the primary residents of earth are embodied. We have a corporeal uh, being that our spirits are hosted in, and that is that is our flesh, that is our bodies, right? And so those who live on the earth, even as we see angels who come to the earth biblically, they oftentimes will take on when they're going to interact with man uh, a, a, a form. Uh, I don't know if angels are just shapeshifters or if they are just spirit in nature. And so when they are ready to reveal themselves to mankind, they just take on a form. I don't think all angels have that capacity. Obviously, we see other angels like in the book of Ezekiel that are clearly not just taking on a form, in my opinion, but that God has fashioned them and designed them to be such as, you know, the wheel within a wheel and eyes all around. And and it's just crazy depictions and amazing. And really, it's crazy to us, but it's what's really even crazier than that is it's totally normal and makes sense to God because he doesn't do things without purpose. So, but, you know, so heaven is the opposite of earth. The people who dwell there are are, are spirit in nature. And it kind of makes me think of way back when I was a kid, I was, uh, you know, 13. And my favorite, my favorite thing to do after school when I was homeschooled. So like after school was I woke up at noon, did homework for one hour, and then I decided to, <laughs> you know, watch TV and play video games on my computer. But, um, I literally at 3 p.m., I think it was every day when my friends were getting out of school, I didn't want anyone to know this. It was one of my guilty pleasures that, that I felt if someone found out what I did and what I watched, they would they would just not be my friends anymore. And, and I'm going to confess it right here with all of you right now, but I literally would watch Iron Chef for a whole hour and it was like it was it was Japanese uh or Chinese subtitled and and I was so embarrassed I was I was 13 years old watching a cooking show and and they're competitively competitively cooking and I would just get excited as he's got the giant you know katana and I earned the cookie you know and so anyways uh with that I would watch that for the hour and, and and observe whatever they created and then when that got over I would watch Dragon Ball Z. All right. Now this was my 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 guilty weeb pleasure. I I really wish I would have been more uh, secure in my identity and not really cared if people thought I was weird because of the type of cartoons I enjoyed or entertainment I chose to watch. Uh, but with that, when Goku, you know, after he had died fighting, boy, I forget which one it was. Um, well, I don't think it was. Uh, Frieza. Anyway, uh, I lost track here. But after he died, and you know, Goku, he's like the Super Saiyan. He's 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 the savior of the world, so to speak. You know, he can't kill this guy. Get him some some uh, uh, Sensu beans, Ginsu beans, uh, Sensu. Yeah. And um, anyway, with that, and one of the times that he died, 
and he was in this afterlife and he wasn't training on that tiny little island of Namek, I think. Is that right? I probably got all my all my facts wrong. Anyway, uh, he was floating around as a little like spirit cloud. And I was just so frustrated. I was like, where is my my, my muscle bound cut off sleeve uh, orange, you know, uh, jumper uh, Goku with the tall black hair? You know, where did he go? I, 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 I literally stopped watching for a couple of episodes because I, I just I didn't want to see Goku talking as a cloud. And and then I read somewhere that Lore said, you know, he, he's you know, they're phasing him out and, and it's all about his son and, and, and Trunks and, and uh, you know, Vegeta's son and stuff. And so I, I was just super bummed. I wanted my Goku back. Back, you know, my, my, my man, you know, the savior. So all that to say is when we step into eternity, let me ask you a question. If you're listening now, when we step into eternity, we, it says to be absent in the body is be present with God, right? So I don't think we're getting a boom, psh, carbon press copy of ourselves in heaven while we still here on earth are bearing the body uh, because later in the book of Revelation, you see that the, our bodies will be caught up uh, on that great day, right? In, in the heaven, and we will, our spirits will join them. So where, is our, where are our spirits going? Where are they dwelling? Are we that little Goku cloud, right, floating around in heaven? Because the dwell, uh, those who dwell in the abode of Yahweh are spirit in nature. As far as I know, there's only two instances of individuals who, uh, who walk in heaven in their corporeal body, uh, in the flesh, everyone else, as far as we can tell, is 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 firstly spirit. I should I should correct that. There's probably three, but only two of which that have their earthly bodies. You know, Jesus had his resurrected body, but you have um, Methuselah, right? No, not Methuselah. Sorry, Enoch, who who the Lord was so pleased and he walked with him and then there was also um elisha elijah boy i'm i'm a great hebrew scholar uh shaja it's so annoying when they got names so close whichever one came first okay the chicken or the egg but with that they got scooped up and they went to heaven so cool and so they're walking around in their bodies as far as we know everyone else is spirit in nature and so when we look at deuteronomy 26 15 you know saying look down from your holy habitation from heaven this this dwelling place of 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 spiritual beings right uh, the heavens it, it refers to sky or air or even space you know genesis 1 says god created the heavens first and then Genesis 2.19, it goes on to say, the bird of the heavens, okay? So it, it, it's speaking of multiple places. What was the purpose? Uh, what purpose does heaven have now, though, in your life right now? Because, I mean, if that's just our retirement package, as, as a lot of the church made me think growing up, which... It's, that's not exactly what it is. You know, that's not, that, that is our reward is in heaven, but I don't think our reward is heaven, but I don't, I don't want to get there too soon. But what is the purpose of heaven now in our life? Or is this just a fire insurance? Revelation 21 verses one through three talks about a, a new heaven and a new earth. I'm going to go ahead and read it here just because I'd like to, uh, point it out and see what it says. And uh, this is not my favorite translation, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, NIV, don't worry, it's not the passion. I'd be getting a different one. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and uh, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, 
the new Jerusalem coming down out down out of heaven from God and prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from a throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. So the new heaven and new earth. Now that there's a whole nother layer there that I'll do a separate podcast about on, on another topic about is the earth that we're standing on now going to be done away with and gone and and we're actually going to have a new heaven and new earth or is the uh, original grammar uh, in the Hebrew language uh, um, the original writings is it saying it will be as new meaning meaning made new and and just a little teaser there you know because we according to first Peter participate with the judgment of sin and the making new of the earth in our baptism as the as the earth was flooded we participate with the flood through our baptism in Christ's death and resurrection and now so we're being baptized by water okay the removal of the, uh, as even it says you know not as the removal of sins uh, not as the removal of dirt you know or sins but an appeal to heaven for a good conscience but then we're baptized with fire according to the book of acts and so i believe that the earth was kind of a, a pre-show right to our baptism right in water and our baptism is in fire is a pre-show of all things being made new in us but that on that day that great and terrible day when all things are made as new the old yes will be gone all the our houses buildings all the things even maybe in the mountains we know like things will be shaken but i believe in my mind just a, like i said a teaser it will be made as new by fire as we've been baptized by fire so anyway back into this the new heaven, the new earth, what is the purpose of the new earth if we're only going to live in heaven? Hmm, right? Do you ever think about that? Heaven is not our home. It's the uh, it's it's God's home, but we are welcomed and we will get to go there for a time, but heaven is the dwelling place <clears throat> of spiritual beings and spiritual uh, 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 beings in nature. Like they, they may have bodies. There's a few people, like I said, that we know that exist there that have bodies, but we'll be given a new body uh, that will have access both to heaven and earth as far as we can tell. But our assignment on earth is restored completely after judgment, meaning that I don't know if we get to be fruitful and multiply again, because I think to some degree for God to have completely restored us to our original purpose back as if the garden of eden were still around we would definitely need to be able to fulfill the edenic commandment to complete it otherwise sin was so powerful that we were never able to fulfill the command of god so i think that through christ we're able to restore all things because god is god god is all powerful right he doesn't sin sin is nothing evil is nothing to him so he can restore his will and sin can't derail that that's another another topic altogether but you see heaven is not our home but but i believe that we'll be welcome there and we will spend a time there i like i said i think earth will be cleansed by fire but not done away with just the wicked works of man and the curse of sin first by the flood right and baptism by water but ultimately by fire and baptism of the spirit second peter three ten. but good works i believe will carry over into eternity and beyond the judgment and fire you know it's that great white throne 
judgment seat and all of our works will be as wood hay and stubble but that those things that remain all the parables that jesus talked us uh talked to us about and shared with us about the the you know sowing uh not not just the sowing and reaping that's a, that's another topic but i'm speaking specifically about the mita and the talents and the oil you know the ten virgins and and what did we do this side of eternity and what will we be released to do on that side of eternity revelations 21 5 paints a picture of our future in heaven and in it in heaven and earth will pass away and in their place a new heaven a new earth and a new jerusalem later described as the bride of christ in revelations 21 verse 9 descends from heaven okay down to earth finally the announcement of the throne so good that god will now dwell among his people you know just likened unto the garden of eden where the garden was where god would come and he would walk with adam he would walk with him in the cool of the day i believe that there were that that's why when we see eve speaking to a serpent uh about you know eating this fruit we don't see her terrified at why the heck is this is this snake talking to me i think that there was a regular occurrence to have interaction on a different level than we've ever known i mean we get excited i was watching just the other day congo i don't know if you've ever seen that movie i remember seeing it when i was younger this basically uh starts off with this research team that's teaching this gorilla how to use sign language and this was back in the 90s when that was kind of a newer phenomena, so to speak, that we we're getting gorillas to communicate with us via, via hand, you know, American Sign Language. And so then they like, let's make a whole movie about it. And so they get this rescued gorilla, and then they bring back to the Congo to help them find a mystery, mysterious, uh, you know, treasure within the temple because, of course, the gorilla knows and can communicate with them, you know, with hand signals. And I remember I was watching this uh, for the first time at my friend's house. I was spending the night there and I did not sleep at all. All I could think, every time I closed my eyes, all I could think about was they're sitting there in the woods, you know, just to think, no, we didn't know anything was scary yet in this movie. And all of a sudden, a little, something like kind of chucks over from behind them and it, and, and it's like a pebble, right? Lands next to one of the main actors and he's like, Hey man, what are you throwing stuff at me for, man? And he kind of like goes to grab it and to throw it back at him. And it's this dude's eyeball, like these, these gorilla assassin, uh, murderer, like murder hornet gorillas. Okay. Like it just, they just came out of nowhere and we didn't even hear him like rip this dude in half, but they just chucked an eyeball over at him. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. And I couldn't sleep. I literally could not sleep that night. And to make matters worse, my friend had a giant, um, you know, uh, probably four foot tall gorilla type monkey, um, stuffed animal. And so of course he tortured me that whole night. So I'm out there in the living room trying to sleep, but just pretending to be asleep while I'm awake the entire night. And, and all this to say, um, man, I love the little rabbit trail stories, but you know, uh, with it, with, we will see that, uh, all the, all of our good works, let me get back to where I'm at. We'll carry over. And, uh, when, oh yeah, Adam and Eve, she's talking to a, a, a serpent and it's not terrifying. Like I said, I think even as we see in that movie and recently people, you know, communicating with, with gorillas and, and whatnot via sign language, I think was a commonplace thing for in the dwelling place or the place that God would come down and supernatural divine beings would come down and dwell on the earth while they, you know, have access to heaven and earth, that they would interact with these beings, that they would interact with these 
uh, creatures, including God, right? And so a talking snake, that's no big deal, right? She probably talked to other ones before, and really it's not so much a talking snake, but that's something else. But back here, we see that uh, that that now God is going to have his dwelling place among us, not, ju- not just his visiting place, but he's going to move his dwelling place with us. So this chapter in Revelation is very similar in many ways to the description of Eden, like I said, the initial home of humanity. It seems like our end is a return to our beginning, to what we were created for in the first place. If this view of Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5 is correct, then it would appear that the that our abode in heaven is temporary and that our permanent home is our newly recreated or made as new earth. You know, it's really not a heaven or hell issue for me to debate and and find out, okay, so is this earth going to be crushed up like a can and rolled away and God's going to create a new earth? Well, I mean, took him six days to create everything that is made. So it's really not that big of a deal, but, uh, for him to do that again, but I don't, I don't think so. I think that the earth that we have now is, is redeemable, uh, just like we are. And no matter how broken we've gotten, it's all redeemable. And God's handiwork is redeemable. And I think that he will do that with, with, with this earth. I believe everything will be burned away and, made as new, but I think that we'll be able to come back and see things and live here and expand here and see great and mighty things on this earth. You might get to go sit on that beach, uh, you know, shoreside for, uh, you know, a hundred years, who knows, you know, and that's the thing that my wife and I encourage ourselves with now and then is we have all these dreams and visions of all this stuff we want to do. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit is helping us as we learn and study the word of God that, you know, you're not going to just escape this planet and never be here again. All these desires that you have, you will have a life and life upon life and lives upon lives for eternity to fulfill them and see them fruition. Some of them are for now. Some of them are for eternity. What are you, how are you stewarding even the dreams that God's giving you? It's all about the parables. How are you stewarding well what he's sown into you? So what does the Bible say about heaven? Our reward is in heaven, but it's not necessarily heaven itself. James 1, 2 uh, says it is the crown of life that we will receive in heaven. If you read some other, you know, extra curricular uh, second temple text, uh, you know, like the book of Enoch, it actually has a pretty interesting um, prophetic description of when heaven and the abode of Yahweh and the throne of God comes down to earth and dwells on it and, and the fruit and the, uh, that we eat of the tree of that tree of life. Right. And even our bones will smell of it and it, we will live as our fathers in the days of old. And so it's kind of a neat, you know, um, exegy, so to speak, or, 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 or allegory. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that the book of Enoch is inspired by any means. We don't have it in our gospel for a reason, but it is interesting. It's definitely better than anything Joel Steen's written, probably. So moving forward, uh, how many ways, though, are there to heaven? Well, heaven being the abode of Yahweh, John fourteen six says simply, no one comes to the Father through me. So if it's the dwelling place, the home of God, Yahweh, then the only way to go to his house where the party is at is through Jesus, period. He sent the invite, so now you got to go to Jesus to receive the instruction on where and when and how and what you got to do to get there. You're all invited. Many are called, but few would actually respond to that calling. So there's only one way, period. So the conclusion 
in all of this is heaven is real, heaven is eternal, and there's only one other option. So Johnny Cash said this once, pretty good quote, how well I have learned that there is no fence to sit on between heaven and hell. There is a deep, wide gulf, a chasm, and in that chasm is no place for any man. Man. Johnny Cash, he's got some solid good ones out there. But, you know, Matthew 13, 40 through 43 sums up some of this for us. It says, just as weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather outside of his kingdom and all <clears throat> of his kingdom, all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. You see, outside of Christ, there is no in-between. Indecision is decision. Uh, I'll say that one more time. It is that indecision, okay, is decision. If you don't make a choice the choice is already made, okay? If you don't choose to buy a new phone, okay, it's not going to just show up at your house. You're choosing to live a life without a phone, right? So what is your decision? Without access to heaven through the sun, we will not receive our reward, which is the crown of life. So if we want, even answering the question of, you know, how does a good God send people uh, to hell, right? Punishment, suffering, well, the reality is we're going to receive the fullness of what we desired. And if we truly desired God, guess what? We'll get all that he is. And God is love. God is life. God is hope. God is joy. God is peace. God is all this. And so if you desired God, you if you desired the source, you will get access to it. But if you didn't desire God, you will not get any of what he has or any of his attributes. And sadly, for many people... This life on earth right now is the most of heaven and the most of the attributes of God that they'll ever experience unless they choose to follow Jesus. But sadly, the word of God lets us know that there will be many that will fall away. There will be many that will be thrown into the lake of fire in that second death when all things are finalized. Okay, so it's it's no joke. Indecision is decision. And there's only one way to heaven, and that is through the Son Jesus Christ. With that said, hope this was a helpful podcast. Hope this was a helpful episode, kind of extracting some more about what is heaven, its purpose, and and how 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 we can apply it to our lives. So, anyway, hopefully we'll get a couple more episodes cranked out here. I'm really trying to uh, see if we can just you know dial it in at, at such a high level that you guys are just super pumped about the next ones coming out. And and I'm working on trying to get a system here that we can uh, have a little more a little more co-hosts on with me or a guest just because you know i know my voice can become you know that smooth jazz 98.9 you know and i really don't like that my wife's like that's your bedroom voice get that out of here and i'm like i don't even have a bedroom voice so <laughs> anyway with that said uh thank you guys shalom talk to you later thanks again for listening if you'd like more information about the show Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson.
I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.